0: Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Kroger, fresh for everyone. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. There is so much going on here around Dog Nation, and it's all really fun. We're happy to have you on board for all of it. How about yesterday? If you missed yesterday's show go back and listen we welcomed in former georgia quarterback jake Fromm on air with us yesterday we proudly announced that jake going to be a part of the big event we have next thursday at the marlowe's tavern in dunwoody so many fun special things going down for that great event jake Fromm a big part of that so 6 p.m next week right there in dunwoody come out and meet jake hang out with dog nation that's going to be a great time George is also potentially on Commitment Watch later on this evening. We'll talk to Jeff Sintel about that coming up in just a couple of minutes, too. Now, we got all kinds of surprises, big announcements still in store for the next few days. But for now, that's kind of where things are. Commitment Watch today, big event next week, all of this leading towards Dog Nation Duck Hunt next Saturday as the dogs, we think, beat down the Oregon Ducks because we remain big believers in UGA for the upcoming season. But apparently not everybody feels that way. And I have to admit something here for a moment. I am maybe more fired up about this than I probably should be because what I'm about to read to you is not really in any way an insult, but I just think that it's wrong. Not factually wrong necessarily because ultimately the results of this season are going to tell the tale one way or another. I think this is logically incorrect, a uh, logical fallacy or, or so, if, if you will, I think what fancy people might say about this. And it comes uh, via Kirk Herbstreit, who's been on TV a little bit lately, kind of making some of his opinions for the upcoming season, giving out his Herbie Awards. Now, in one of those Herbie Awards, he Uh, gave a nice compliment the direction of Brock Bauer so Kirby I should say Herbie Herbstreet is not a UGA hater in fact over the years he's actually touted Georgia pretty heavily so we're not anti Kirk Herbstreet necessarily here but I do think what Herbstreet says in the quote I'm going to read to you is wrong this coming from ESPN television I don't have the, the audio for you on this, but I will read the quote. So Herb Street picks uh, Alabama to come back and win the SEC this year. And this is what Herbie says. All you have to do is look at history. When Alabama comes up a little bit short of winning a national championship, the team that comes back the next year is incredibly motivated, Herb Street says. Well, they came up a little short and did not get it done in Indianapolis against Stetson Bennett. Now, pause on this just for a moment. You kind of catch that drift there. Once again, I'm not anti-herb Street. I don't think that Herb Street's anti-Georgia, but I don't like this particular quote. He's like, "You lost to Stetson Bennett. I mean, you're Alabama, and you lost to Stetson Bennett. Doesn't that almost sound like what he's kind of saying right there?" Well, that's what he says. He says you came up short. You didn't get it done in Indianapolis. You lost to Stetson Bennett. So now Alabama's going to be possessed. They're going to be on a mission. They're going to have to get through Georgia, and I think they will. That is Kirk Cur- Herbstreet Street from ESPN on ESPN. Now first of all like what's up with possessed alabama's gonna be possessed maybe herb street knows something we don't know maybe for all those georgia fans who have kind of always called him nicky satan maybe he really is Then, if alabama's gonna be possessed then maybe maybe this really is nicky satan as some georgia fans sometimes have a tendency to want to call uh nick saban then but this whole idea of and, and, and there's been some of this thus far this offseason It's almost like the theme that kind of exists in the air is that Georgia should should somehow have to apologize for beating Alabama. Oh, you done gone and done it. You done beat Alabama. Now you've made them really mad. As if Georgia is going to somehow regret winning that game in Indianapolis because of the fury that's unleashed in the Crimson Tide. I think that's a little bit silly. And it's not just like sort of emotionally silly. I think it's sort of factually silly because, as Herb Street says, oh, when Alabama comes, you know, doesn't win the national championship, they come back the following year incredibly motivated. Well, Am I am I wrong about this? Actually, the last time prior to 2021 that Alabama lost in the National Championship game that was 2018. The following year, they didn't even make the college football playoff. So this notion of if you beat Alabama for a national championship, you better look out by what comes next. Well, what came next that year was Bambo's was nowhere to be found when the playoff took place so you know this notion that Alabama always comes firing back ready for more like Michael Myers or whatever sort of rising from the dead or seemingly rising from the dead and that's not always necessarily the way that all this kind of played out that's kind of the story there on all of that but are we going to be so sure here that Alabama definitely is the right mental frame of mind after having lost to Georgia the national championship that somehow that loss is kind of fueling exactly where Alabama needs to be from a psychological standpoint, from a mental standpoint, from a from a focus and intensity standpoint, and somehow Georgia's just going to regress because no longer they have that edge to them necessarily? Or is there a chance, and this is going to be something we revisit a couple times prior to a next Saturday, is there a chance that maybe what occurred last year wasn't the end of history? Maybe it was sort of the start of a new history. And maybe Georgia sort of found out on the very biggest stage of all that actually it can win, that it doesn't have to be a runner up. It doesn't have to finish second, that Georgia actually found out what it feels like to kick in a door like it did last year in Indianapolis and maybe going forward maybe it wants to kick in a few more doors maybe it wants to keep on doing this that 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 maybe bama doesn't have the edge because it lost maybe georgia found a new edge an extra edge an extra level of you know sort of gear to go to because it finally learned how to win i mean a different quarterback here different espn analyst here greg mcelroy was kind of talking about this a little bit and it kind of gets me kind of thinking along those same lines and i'll give you the context for this and how it fits in this conversation right now so they're doing this thing on the sec network the other day of hey best quarterback you know throwing arm best quarterback you know whatever else all these like sort of quarterback superlatives and i guess I, i didn't see the segment but i guess stetson bennett wasn't ranking very high on any of these particular, uh, you know, uh, superlatives. And so Greg McElroy, the former Bama quarterback, the ESPN analyst who was doing the rankings, was sort of asked about, you know, well, why are you leaving Stetson Bennett off of all of this? And at the very end of this, McElroy actually gives Bennett maybe the greatest compliment of all. And it fits in very well with what we're talking about here at the moment. Let me let you hear McElroy, and I'll explain why it fits. This from the other day on the SEC Network he was on the radar for every category except for strongest arm
1: and the thing is he's never going to be the guy that wins a beauty contest he's never going to be a guy that's listed with a ton of superlatives but the actual productivity is always going to be better than how it might look on paper So that's what I love about Stetson Bennett. The guy is the consummate overachiever and is continuing to get better, continuing to hone his craft. Now, he's never going to win a 100-yard dash. He's never going to be able to go to the combine and post the highest velocity on some of his throws or throw the ball further than any other quarterback. But I can tell you this much. If I got to win a game in the fourth quarter, and if you would have made that one of your superlatives, you
2: would have without question made the list.
0: So put aside everything else that Greg McElroy just said, except for the very last thing hey, Stetson Bennett may not win a 100-yard dash, and he may not thrill folks in the NFL combine, but in the fourth quarter, he's a winner. What if that's just his identity as a player? And what if Bennett represents the identity of George as a program? What if that's what George became on the way to knocking off Alabama in Indianapolis a year ago? What if Georgia became winners? you know what if that's what the story of what this is and conversely alabama who kirk Herbstreit says oh they're gonna motivate they're gonna be motivated they're gonna have the right edge they're gonna come back more fired up than ever well let me ask you this a- and try to put your georgia fan hat off on this for a moment i'll try to do the same thing based on the chatter that's existed around alabama over the course of these last few months as objective as any of us know how to be does it sound like winter talk coming out of alabama doesn't to me sort of sounds like weiner talk right now the the look between Georgia and alabama the comparison between the two programs one program sort of looks like winners and one program sort of looks like winners and if for georgia it's championship ring it's parade it's it's you know national championship gear that we all love wearing and for alabama it's injured cornerbacks and injured wide receivers and woulda coulda shoulda and blah 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 i mean the the comparison between georgia and alabama right now looks like winners versus winners and somehow kirby smart thinks that's going to magically change once the 2022 season begins and somehow Alabama's going to have this extra edge some extra gear that it goes and finds and george is just going to sort of sort of fall apart and kind of become complacent and get fat and happy because of the championship they won a year ago but my simple question is what if that's not true because i think when it comes to georgia coach kirby smart he is certainly not conceding that it will be true for everything that kirby smart or should say that kirk Herbstreit says about watch out for alabama watch out for their extra edge watch out for their motivation watch out for their demon possession or whatever it was he was talking about a moment ago watch out for all of that Kirby Smart back at SEC Media Days in July would say to Kirk and anybody else who's kind of following the same line of thought, while you're watching out for Alabama, don't forget to watch out for us. This is is, uh, Kirby back in July.
1: I've done the rounds this morning.
0: I'll bet you at least 50 people have asked me the question. So feel free when we open up for questions to ask me the concern there is for complacency. That does not concern me in the least because to be complacent, You have to have done something and achieve something. The men on this team for this season have not done that. They have not. We have 15 players that are now gone to NFL camps or draft picks, they're gone. And we have some returning players, but they're hungriest ever. People have asked the question, how does it feel to be hunted? We will not be hunted at the University of Georgia. I can promise you that. The hunting that we do will be done from us going the other direction. Um, It's not something we're gonna sit back and be passive about. The bottom line here is we've called next Saturday our Dog Nation Duck Hunt. But Georgia, as you know, is not on a hunt to beat Oregon. That's just step one in a much longer journey than that. You listen to Kirby Smart. He says the hunt Georgia's on is to go back and win another championship. And don't discount the possibility that Georgia's more motivated to win its second than Alabama is to get the revenge for having lost a year ago this notion that Alabama obviously has some sort of emotional edge, some sort of competitive edge because it's angry because it got beat. The fact of the matter is, I think Georgia's actually enjoyed the last few months of what it feels like to be on top of the college football world, and I don't think they plan on relinquishing that spot without a fight. My name's Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans presented by Kroger, and we are happy to have you with us. No matter how you get to us today, live on video, 10 a.m. on uh, all across video platforms, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch. I'm laughing at myself because I guess I've never really quite realized this. trying to say Kirby and Kirk in the same segment over and over again, got to be a little tricky for me there. I got a little tongue tied on the Herb Street and the uh, Kirby there on that Herbie and Kirby and Kirk and all that. Anyway, uh, fun stuff, nonetheless. And a big thanks to all of you who tune in on video, even though every now and then we kind of get tripped up and stumble over a word or two. We just enjoy talking George football with him. We're happy to have you with us on board as we do all of that. Big thanks to our friends at Kroger who make it all possible for you there too. How about Kroger Chef Jr. being back? This is fun stuff. You got kids that like making food or maybe kids that you want to teach how to make food? Well, Kroger Chef Jr. can do that with you a couple times this upcoming month at select Kroger locations. You can make a delicious uh, thing and have a, a really cool, healthy snack and really fun experience as your kids learn a lot more about what food preparation is all about. How about making lettuce wraps this month? You can do it on September 10th. You can do it on September 24th. Select Kroger locations. The lettuce wraps are going to taste great. It's going to be healthy for your kids, and it's going to be really fun to make there too. The Kroger Chef Junior Experience is just $7 per child, and it comes with the experience of making the item, but also some really cool stuff there as well. You get an apron and patch, a chef's hat, a recipe card and box, and a whisk only seven dollars per child so uh, make sure you check that out the website to do so is KrogerChefJunior.com. junior.com that's the word junior spelled out j-u-n-o-r kroger junior.com for a lot more on that georgia might be on commit watch here today so we will talk to jeff centel about that coming up in a couple of moments time and We also have a very special guest on today's program. Now, we had a cool special guest yesterday. It was really fun to make the announcement of Jake Fromm being with us for our Marlowe's Tavern event next Thursday at Marlowe's in Dunwoody. Today's special guest is a little bit different. Uh, You may have seen the news on this that the great former Georgia running back Willie McClendon was named as an honorary captain for the Georgia-Oregon game next Saturday, which I think is great. Uh, McClendon was actually one of the stars in the only previous meeting between the Dogs and the Ducks. And so we're going to talk to him about that a little bit, but also we're going to talk to him about the pride that he has, but his son, Brian, being back at Georgia's wide receivers coach, his nephew, Warren McClendon, being the uh, terrific right tackle for these uh dogs there as well. The McClendon family really well represented around the UGA program, Willie obviously being a big part of that. So before we're done today, uh, late in today's program, we'll catch up with the great former Georgia running back Willie McClendon. That's going to be a really fun thing to be able to do. For now, though, let's go around the doghouse. And It's presented by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services here today, and we're so happy to have them. And we love what they can do for you. We'll tell you more about that here in a moment. First, though, let me talk about what Jalen Carter can do for you and by now you know this. We talked yesterday here on the show about Carter being kind of one of the known knowns for Georgia, that this is one of your sure things, that when you start a season, you better have some things you know for sure. Otherwise, you're probably not very good as a football team well one of Georgia's biggest knowns is the fact that carter is a dominant player and carter may be we believe the best player in the country this year will anderson jr i believe rightly is considered that right now but let's see how the next 15 games play out between these two players and we'll decide who ends up being actually the very best in the country before the upcoming season is done and the one thing we kind of pointed out a year ago or i should say a day ago about a year ago was that there were people last year saying "Ah, of all these talented Georgia defensive linemen actually Carter is the very best one and that's not meant to disrespect Jordan Davis it's not meant to disrespect Devontae Wyatt guys who were number one picks first round picks or a guy like Trayvon Walker who was the number one overall pick not meant to disrespect them But that's the kind of praise that Carter was getting a year ago. Whether it's true or not, that's the chatter that was taking place. So all of a sudden now, Jalen's still here. This is his third year. This is his time to be the anchor of that Georgia defensive line, in a lot of ways, the anchor of the defense overall. And you better believe that he is being noticed. And he is getting the praise that he deserves. I saw where Jordan Reed, this is one of those analysts that covers the draft for ESPN. He was also on the SEC network this week and on television this week, kind of went into why he believes that not only will Jalen Carter be a first round pick, Reed's actually got him being selected inside the top five. That's the level of player that he is, potentially maybe even a back-to-back number one overall pick for these dogs. This is Jordan Reed from the SEC network on Jalen Carter. He's one of those players that you only have to watch five plays, and you say, yep, he's a good player. (laughs) All you have to do is just watch the Kentucky game. And he was on a defensive line with three first-round picks last year, Trayvon Walker, uh, and then some other players that went in the first round, Devontae Wyatt, Jordan Davis. I think he was the best of the bunch. And that says a lot about him being the best player over number one overall pick, Trayvon Walker. So, like I said, just look at the Kentucky game. He takes it over Vanderbilt, obviously, as you saw on the screen right there, he dominated, and I expect him to dominate this year as well. So there you go. That's Jordan Reed talking about the dominance he expects to see Jalen Carter bring to the field here for this upcoming season. Now, let me tell you something I think is cool. Like that is a level of praise that is pretty rare. That kind of effusive. Hey, you watch him for four plays, you know how great he is. That's a level of praise that's pretty rare. And you might be concerned with the old phrase that we've tried to put to bed, but kind of still exists in kind of the college ball lexicon: the idea of rat poison, the idea of hey, you know, you can't pat someone on the back too much. They might slow them down. That might get them reading their press clippings. They may be less than they could be if they're getting that level of praise. We kind of know that conversation exists a lot. And what I think is kind of cool here, sort of as a partner to the fact that that Georgia has a player that's getting that level of praise prior to the start of the season, is the idea for someone like Jalen Carter, almost none of this seems to be going to his head at all. Because for Carter, he's been hearing this kind of stuff for quite some time. He's a former elite recruit. He's you know now earning that same sort of paying off on those predictions with how he's playing here right now, and if anything, the idea that he could be the next Trayvon Walker or the next Jordan Davis or the next Devontae Wyatt, instead of thinking he's arrived, actually based on what Carter himself said earlier this spring, it's only motivating him to be an even better player this fall because he knows the prize in terms of riches and all of that that could be on his way if he does what he needs to be. What, what needs to be done this isn't great audio quality but this is Carter in his own words and I wanted you to be able to hear it I worry about a different way you know I started running more after practice and all that because i guys motivated me to do more because they told me I could be top 10 pick and all that so I've done a lot I only didn't know my freshman year I've just been working harder Yeah, you came in as a five-star prospect. You've had expectations your entire time here. How do you, you know, do you think you've gone about living up to those now entering your junior year. What are your own sort of expectations entering this season? Um, I don't really know. Uh, The five stars is all cool and all, but I came here with a new start and new mindset, saying I got to earn everything I do. And just playing with them guys, I feel like I have done. So I think it's incredibly valuable that Carter got to spend the entire year last season around guys who traveled a path that now he himself wants to travel. And as Jordan Reed brought up a moment ago, in a lot of games, Carter was actually the player that maybe stood out more so than anybody else. He physically was probably maybe the most talented player on the Georgia roster, even on a national championship team last season with 15 guys that got drafted and five guys off the defense taken in the first round. That's how rare the physical abilities that Jalen Carter has might actually be. But actually putting all that together, that potential together and turning that into true performance, you know, that takes a little something extra. And that's the job that Carter has here this season. And maybe he does that. Maybe he doesn't. We certainly think he has a great chance to. But the one thing that seems obvious from listening to him in his own words, he's a soft-spoken guy, he does not seek out microphones necessarily, but all of this praise, all this attention doesn't seem to be going to his head. If anything, it becomes a source of motivation, a thing that he's actually chasing after to be even better this year than he was last season. And that is a fun thing for Georgia fans to consider. And that is Around the Doghouse presented today by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. We love having Berkshire Hathaway here with us on uh, Around the Doghouse here each week because we love the resources they provide you for your home buying, your selling needs, your commercial needs, your your investment needs if you want to get involved in an investment property because they've got 29 offices and more than 1,500 associates all across the state of Georgia. And when you do business with a great full service, uh, brokerage service like our, our friends at Berkshire Hathaway, you're going to get the great service, the great care, the great attention to detail, the integrity that each and every one of their uh, agents brings the table into the transaction. You're going to get all of that. So I want you to use Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. It's kind of your one-stop shop for everything you might need from a real estate situation. As I said before, you're buying a property, you're selling a property, you're getting involved in an investment property, you're looking to get involved in a commercial venture, you need a new uh, you know, building for your business, something along those lines, or I'm talking about financing or title insurance or uh, relocation, new homes, the entire gamut of all the real estate needs. Berkshire Hathaway Home Services got you covered on all of that. They believe the best time for new beginnings is right now. So make sure you check them out. Uh, Berkshire Hathaway Home Services online at bhhsgeorgia.com. That's BHHSGeorgia.com. Make sure you check them out today. And it is great to have Berkshire Hathaway Home Services here. Part of Around the Dog House on Dog Nation Daily. All right. Let's remind you uh, before we are done today, it is Willie McClendon, the great former Georgia running back. We'll talk to him about being an honorary captain for the uh, big game next Saturday against the Oregon Ducks and also his thoughts on his son Brian being back at UGA as wide receivers coach and the outlook for them uh, this upcoming season. Uh, his nephew Warren McClendon there as a right tackle there for that. Uh, just kind of a big family affair there for the McClendons there when it comes to the University of Georgia. So we'll talk to Willie McClendon about all of that. Also, we'll kind of get into a little bit of the slate for college football action here this weekend. I was talking to somebody today. And he was like, I didn't even know there were games this weekend. So let's make sure that you are aware of that. There are some games here this weekend. There's one SEC team in action. And actually, we're also less than a week away now from next Thursday when you got a couple of SEC teams in action. Uh, and then, obviously, everything that goes on there that Saturday. So football season is here. We're rocking and rolling. We are ready to go. And we are happy to have you with us here today on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Kroger. From Athens and across the SEC or wherever the recruiting trail may lead, here's a dognation.com insider. All right, on the road, assisted by AAA with Jeff Sintel. Converse, Texas is the, I guess, epicenter for UGA recruiting talk today. As later on this evening, wide receiver Anthony Evans gets ready to make his commitment decision. Seems like maybe a little bit of a Georgia-Oklahoma battle here on this. Uh, Jeff, you certainly had a good piece on Evans the other day at dognation.com. How do you handicap this race? As you kind of finish up with the Evans decision later on today,
1: yeah uh, good morning uh, happy happy Friday uh, to everybody, especially all those honest faces of those Bible salesmen out there um, I would say I would say it's really it, brandon, it's like every recruitment we're going to cover and talk about from now on there's There's what we think we know, there's what could happen, and then there's the th- there's the threat of n i l down the road as well. Uh, Texas A&M is involved here. Uh, he made it very clear to me that he said that James Coley, and Texas A&M, was still a contender uh, school. He hasn't visited uh, Penn State. That's what he still believes he might take an official visit to Penn State, even after his commitment. But you know, by and large, a lot of people you you kind of have it right there. A lot of people think it's Oklahoma. A lot of people think it's Georgia. I think the door for Georgia has been open at times, and then it has been stunted at times. But I think the national headlines from uh, Cole Gundy was at Oklahoma for like 23 years, rewrote their passing record book as a quarterback in the early 90s, lifelong Oklahoma, the unfortunate story here, there where um, he resigned uh, because of, you know, at least surface level. There were some things that he read off an iPad that he shouldn't have uh, with Brent Venables and his Oklahoma staff. And uh, that was his main recruiter. It was like Georgia losing – uh, Adele McGee and a key five star recruitment of a, of a, of a running back. Um, I think it really hurt Oklahoma's chances. The, the thing that's different, Brandon, and I think this is a larger picture of the way, the way I want folks to understand how Georgia recruits these days. And it's an example of, um, you know, basically you don't have to re, de recruit a lot of these young men once they come to Georgia. Um, my, my friend, Georgia has reached a point where if it's not the program, if it's not the pipeline, if it's not the championship, if it's not the development that's been shown and winning at the highest of levels, and we want you, we think we thrive here in our offense, if that's not going to be enough with recruiting with a Kirby Smart, a Todd Munkin, a head coach, the coordinator, and then the position coach and Brian McClendon, if that's not enough, well, then they're not going to go above and beyond and have the entire staff recruit you, which is what Oklahoma has done, trying to build their program, trying to get to where Georgia is right now, uh, where they've had up to twenty people on the staff talk to him all the time. And that's why Oklahoma is still in it, because he knows the entire coaching network, the entire what was it, the coach's photo from Florida. He knows all those guys, all those assistants, all those GAs, all those analysts in the in the team photo right there. And that's what keeps Oklahoma in it with some really good um uh, his uh the the mother, Anthony Evans's mother is a huge dog fan that a lot of his family's from Savannah. Uh, so Georgia definitely, certainly has, I would say, more than a puncher's chance in this contest tonight.
0: Um, I'm going to ask you a blunt question. Is Anthony Evans a good player? I know he's fast, but do you think he's good?
1: I think he's really good, Brendan. I think um, the one thing that folks will see about Anthony Evans when they dive into his film, and, the, man, I did this probably back in February when you know, those track times were coming out, maybe in March when he was – April when he was taking his visits to Georgia around the scrimmage time for the first time. And I started looking at stuff, Brandon, and what do the, what do the cool kids say now? They call the routes crispy when uh, you can really run really tight, really technically sound, Terrence Edwards-level routes. Uh, and really he doesn't get enough credit, I think, for the way that uh, he can get a guy and turn a guy around and you know, really get up on a DB and cause a serious threat level about whether he's going to stop, break the route off, or come back for a comeback or just house it at the same time. I think one of the most underrated things about Anthony Evans III, because everybody's going to talk about speed, is the way he runs his routes. I think they are very technically good for somebody on their way in, on their way into college, out of high school.
0: Yeah, it kind of reminds me a little bit of the Arian Smith thing where, and listen, Smith's a little bit different kind of prospect. He was a top 10 uh, you know, receiver rated nationally. But when you saw Arian, you got this sense that, Hey, he's actually more than just a track guy. Because we've seen track guys in the SEC try to transition to receiver, and sometimes it doesn't really work. I don't think that Auburn ever got much out of Anthony Schwartz, as a, for instance, here on this. But in in Smith's case, he can catch the football. Like when he actually plays, when he's been healthy enough to play, he looks, you know, like a wide receiver. And so what you're saying there about Evans, I think, makes me intrigued here from the standpoint of this isn't just a guy that can run. They're trying to teach the position that if Wavy's well, got this sort of. You know, ability to kind of understand routes and run the precise routes, then then maybe it's more than just a speedy guy you're trying to make a out of a you know make a project out of, but it's actually someone who has some precision to his game already.
1: And you know, Brandon, what they're doing, and this is a this is a parallel that you like to dwell in a lot. It's that risk management principle. First of all, Georgia's going to have C.J. Smith on the roster running a ten-three. It's going to have Arian Smith running a ten-two. Uh, the more guys, and if you can add Anthony Evans to this, who's been clocked at 10-2-7, when he really doesn't even train for the 100, he trains for the 200. Sooner or later, one of those guys is going to have two healthy legs, two healthy arms, two healthy feet, two healthy knees. Um, Goodness, knowing a lot of the unfortunate situations that have befallen uh, Arian Smith so far during his time at Georgia. But you're going to eventually have that take the top off the defense guy that's going to give you – twelve, thirteen, fourteen games worth of production out wide and that's when I think George's offense can get really scary. I mean, there's like a difference between his speed and, and Brandon, I want to make sure all the good folks out there know this about the potential of Anthony Evans, the third here. It's not just that he's fast. It's that he is I mean, nuclear explosive. When you think about it, in one week of high school, Brandon, he clocked a ten two seven in the 100. That is elite, world-class speed for a high school kid. And then he also long jumped 24 feet. Uh, I'm just going to say the name. It's not comparing football. Brandon, that's the type of athleticism that Champ Bailey had when he was at Georgia. A 24-foot long jump, that's better than what Malachi Starks did. Everybody's raving about Malachi Starks right now from ball camp with very good reason. But Malachi's probably a 10-6 guy in the 100, and he's probably a 23-and-change type long jump guy. Uh, so when you bring Anthony Evans and everything he brings to the table, that's an incredible athletic package, long jump, speed, routes. It's really not just being a
0: burner. So I want to transition to something a little bit, and I want to kind of go back to a topic that you and I were talking about last week because I had you on the show earlier last week. We did a longer interview than normal, and my reason for doing that was is I wanted to give voice to a concern that seems to exist with some Georgia fans with the current state of the 2023 class. And as we said last week, and I've said kind of multiple times, this is something in between that sort of like popular online meme of what's wrong with Georgia recruiting when laugh, laugh, laugh. There's really nothing wrong with Georgia recruiting. And on the other side of that, there's sort of patting people on the head and saying, don't you wear your pretty little face over this. Georgia recruiting's going to be just fine. Like the more you kind of dive into this, and this is kind of on my mind a little bit because I wrote our Gimme Five piece this week at dognation.com. And as you know, Jeff, you get a lot of recruiting questions when you do a piece like that, that no matter how I slice it up, This 2023 class, Jeff, is going to be different for UGA, and and I mean different from the standpoint that it's almost certainly going to be inferior at least in one category, unless you can tell me a reason why I'm wrong here. You know, last year Georgia signs five, you know, composite five stars. Year before that it was four. Year before that it was four. Year before that it was five. You want to go back 2018? They signed seven, which is obviously kind of a ludicrous number, but still, it's Georgia's track record in all this. Georgia's got one commit right now who counts as a five-star. That's A.J. Harris. Even if you say that Janelle Aguero, because I think he's, what, rated 39th or something like that in the composite, he's basically a five-star. Even if you count him as a five-star, which is not currently rated as one, and you look ahead to, like, the Hakeem Williams's and the James smith Quay Rusas, you know, Samuel Mpem is a part of this, obviously, too, but certainly Georgia seems to me, Jeff, on pace to sign fewer five-stars than it has signed in previous years that's at least one small kind of thin slice of how this recruiting cycle is playing out a little bit different for Georgia than previous cycles have played out isn't that just obviously measurably true that that the Georgia profile for this 2023 class is just different than we've experienced in the recent past
2: yeah
1: I mean well yeah you're right about Aguero though he's been bouncing back and forth between a, a four-star and a five-star. I think the race, the recent re-rankings and re-evaluations just cost him his fifth star. I believe he's still a top 25, 28 prospect on the 24-7 isolated rating. Um, you know, I, I just keep coming back to this, Brandon. If they would have had um, all the success in the world, the, the three-star number right now would be, with the five-star number now, excuse me, that would be three. That would be Arch and Caleb Downs. That would be the ones. If they could get everybody they wanted, uh, they would currently have three. I think the number, my friend. I think the number still gets to four this year uh, with what they're going to do in the rest of the cycle. Um, I think, and I keep coming back to it. And you just got to take this look, Brandon. This is the one I do um, from doing this a lot of years, a lot, of, a lot of time. You just can't. If, well, first of all, the national championship boost is what everybody's expecting. And normally that doesn't happen the year directly after the championship. It happens the following year if you have continuity. Um, and I think – because a lot of the – by the time a team wins a championship in January before all these kids' senior years, by and large, they know who the teams are. They know where they want to play. Uh, I think this year – we've got to say this again, Brandon. I think NIL plays a factor in a lot of these recruitments now more than ever before especially a guy like Hakeem Williams, um, you know, for the longest time you've gotten a sense that Georgia was really in good shape with Hakeem Williams, but the more visits he takes, the more schools he entertains, the more complicated that stuff gets. Um, and I can just come down to this one thing, Brandon, you can't expect this last year and the pipeline and everything that happened for Georgia. You can't expect that to automatically crystallize the five-star quarterbacks and the five star receivers in the same class because that's the way this class would have become special and you know, everybody talks about is this the is this the you know, the best period of Georgia football, is this the golden era of Georgia football? Uh, probably is Brandon. Um and they wanna see golden area type things on the recruiting trail as well. And I'm gonna tell you though, if they end up with any of these names out there, Brandon, like it's still gonna be a defensive heavy class, a tremendously defensive heavy class. But what could happen is the five-star count might get up to four. uh, And then you're going to sit there and hope, Brandon, for the next month. This is a big storyline right now in Georgia recruiting. You have Anthony Evans today, probably around 4.30 uh, Eastern time is when he's supposed to make that announcement. And then you have uh, Hakeem Williams on September the 23rd. And then you have Tyler Williams on September the 27th. Brandon, what you want and what this class has to have, By and large, you're going to find out a lot more about it over the next 30 days
0: looking forward to following that with you there at dognation.com of course we're on the road assisted by AAA with Jeff Sintel here today and we certainly appreciate our friends at AAA for being a big part of that we love them for legendary roadside assistance I was actually thankful this week we didn't have to use AAA for roadside assistance I feel like I've been I feel like I've been doing that a lot here as of late and I'm sure AAA was probably glad not to have me call and have some car towed here this week but uh, nonetheless we're all taken care of when it comes to that but we don't just think about AAA when it comes to uh, roadside assistance we think about them for great insurance products too including home insurance that when you switch to your home insurance to AAA, you can qualify for what they call claim forgiveness, which is awesome, which means your first claim is totally forgiven when you're insured and claim free with insurance through AAA for five years. So a great incentive for you to maintain that relationship with AAA, how about a claim forgiveness opportunity there from our friends at AAA? so you can find out more about this by checking out triple a.com home insurance that's triple a.com home insurance or give them a call 833-718-2075 that's 833-718-2075 jeff I had a great time with you last saturday we saw a thrilling football game between brookwood and norcross we also saw a great story playing out in front of our eyes this is a story i know you know well you heard about this this week at dognation.com and there was already a lot to like about Lawson and lucky the uga tight end, committed a great touchdown to kick off that game last saturday against brookwood but also a very inspiring story too and you know one of the things that i think a lot of georgia fans like is the idea of family connections for georgia players this is you know folks who have you know you know fully formed lives away from the football field and have uh, intense motivations and for uh, for lawson here uh, part of that is about a sibling and an incredibly inspiring, inspiring story of, hey, maybe the toughest lucky of them all after triplets that have been through UGA, Lawson that's on his way. Maybe the uh, toughest one of them all is Cannon, who I know you've written about at DogNation.com. Very inspiring story for what kind of drives Lawson as a football player.
1: Yeah, Brandon, uh, let me see. I'm going to show my skis a little bit here, my age. I've been a full-fledged reporter probably since 1998, 1990 eight or so, uh, out in the world is a functioning reporter. Uh, I don't know if I've had four or five stories in my career and I really try to seek a lot of these out about the lucky story. I'll be very frank. When I, uh, when I came home to my house from visiting, uh, with the lucky family, uh, I sat down with my children and started talking to them about it, uh, probably for about an hour. Uh, and I, the thing that goes through my head is like, you know, how, how, how could I be like that as strong as these people are, these incredible people are like, would my kids be as strong? Could we, could we find the joy in the simplest moments of life? Just like sitting around a table and everybody eating dinner or going to a ball game together. Uh, I do think it's people, Brandon, we all take that so very much for granted. And I know that story has changed me. I will not be the same person, uh, after having reported on that story and covered that story. Um, I'm in, I'm in my 40s. I don't, I don't expect these revelatory moments in my life, and all I tried to put on the page, folks, is what I saw and what I felt and what you guys, everybody out there, needed to know about the lunkies. You, you will never hear me say, uh, please go read this story. You will never hear me say, uh, 19 times on Twitter, this is great. This is whatever everybody else. This is. You'll never hear me say that. I just think folks out there need to get to this story because it will. It will touch you. It will make you want to be a better husband, a better father, a better mom, a better dad, a better parent, a better person. Um, and I think I think that's what sports really should do. It should be a prism for our daily lives. It should show us character revelation through sport, through games. And, I mean, these Luckys man, are made of some incredibly stern stuff. Uh, I can't imagine what that family has endured. The, the story of how he went to Georgia. Uh, that's what I'm paid to do. I got to write stories about how guys go to Georgia. I cannot fathom a more original, a more heartfelt story of why Lawson Lucky finally knew he had to be a dog, even with the tight end offense, even as great as Todd Hartley is, even with uh, the legacy and the ties to Georgia and the home state and the national championship, all the many myriad of reasons why he would choose Georgia. The reason when the moment when Lawson Lucky knew, he had to go to Georgia. It's such about family, such about sacrifice, and it's such about taking care of his mother, Hillary Lucky, uh, and a lady that, that runs half marathons, pushing a 70-pound-year-old, uh, 70-pound, nine-year-old son, uh, young man, in a, in a roller, in a stroller. She runs half marathons, pushing her son along, and she's doing it about nine minutes every mile uh it's just amazing brandon and i'm not going to gush anymore about this because i could i could do an episode a ken burns documentary about how awesome i think the luckies are uh but i'll just leave it at that that is a very special family a very special story and i hope you guys got a chance
0: to read it and i certainly appreciated the folks score atlanta petrie tv allowing so much of that story to be a part of the tv broadcast last saturday for the norcross uh, brookwood game including the opening coin toss with the uh, lucky family out there and, and being a part of that that was a nice thing to be able to see. And it was a great story to read there at dognation.com. Jeff, will look forward to reading more of those stories from you here in the future. And obviously, follow your uh, coverage today of Anthony Evans as he makes his decision and everything else that takes place for the 2023 recruiting class. Thank you so much for being with us here today on the road assisted by AAA. And we will look forward to talking to you soon. Hey, Brandon.
1: Take it easy, man. Have a great weekend, sir.
0: You too. Let's take a look around the rest of the league. This is SEC Through. Yeah, really good stuff from uh, Jeff Centel, the lucky family. Uh, Lawson's a very good player, and he is sort of that next in line in terms of very dynamic tight ends on his way to UGA, but also a very touching backstory, too. And just kind of the – listen, this is one of the things that Kirby's talked about. I'm going to be very quick with this, and then we're going to move on. You know, Kirby and other players themselves have sort of talked a lot about the what he calls their why. You know, a lot of people kind of believe this. You have to have like a sort of a big why – to kind of power you in life and for football they've kind of you know why do you play what is your reason for playing that's what the players themselves are kind of called their why and they have these like meetings and they call them skull sessions you know skull obviously being your brain you know connecting with each other learning about that 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 is really what the story of football is about that this is not fantasy football and for much as we love like sort of gambling and point spreads or you know things like that you know these football teams are not just a series of numbers and stats and lines and projections there are human beings like flesh and blood who are out there playing and they have hopes and dreams and they've had good days and bad days and some of them have kind of overcome harrowing circumstances or they've seen others around them who are doing the same thing and so kind of being i guess more fully aware of that is a pretty important thing so good story from jeff at dognation.com, on Lost and lucky about specifically what his family including his own sibling has kind of overcome there so you can read more about that at dognation.com. for now though let's get ready to go cruise around the sec courtesy of royal caribbean and man, I am so excited! We've got Royal Caribbean cruise vacations coming up. I've got one in December. That's a shorter one. Longer one though coming up in February. That's always my big one right there. You kind of get post signing day, get the season behind you, and you can really get like get into vacation mode. That's when BA's breaking up like the tropical shirts, and that's when BA's kind of kind of working on his winter tan. Uh, my goal to be of course tan twelve months out of the year. Uh, you can't do that if you don't have a nice big February style cruise to be able to do that you feel the same way. In fact, I just heard from Scott Harris, one of our great viewers who checked in with me at dognation.com a few minutes ago to say that he's actually reached out to our friend Jessica Slater and he's got a spring break cruise already in the books for 2023. That folks is the way that it's done. And you can follow Scott's path and reach out to Jessica uh, dreamvacations.com slash Jay Slater dreamvacations.com slash Jay Slater or give her a call 770-718-9147 770-718-9147 This is what I love about Royal Caribbean. They understand that the great vacation experience comes by using a great travel agent, that when you think about all the different ships you can sail on, the ports you can sail out of, the places you can visit on a Royal Caribbean cruise ship, that's a lot of variables. That's a lot of options. So, walk through all of this with someone who kind of understands all those different choices. And that's what Jessica's all about. So, you can check her out for more on that. Now, for you, before we get ready to welcome in here in just a couple of minutes, Willie McClendon, the former Georgia running back, let us go cruise around the SEC courtesy of Royal Caribbean. A little bit of a cheat on this. We're talking about one SEC team among others who are playing this weekend. Do we have some of those games we can kind of throw up? Okay, so here are the games to watch here for the upcoming Week Zero. You got Austin P in Western Kentucky. That's noon or 11 a.m. on the CBS Sports Network. Nebraska Northwestern on Fox. That takes place in Ireland. That's fun. By the way, great job by our producer, Michael Carvel, giving you all this. How about this game? This is not on your radar, but it maybe should be. 2 30 p.m. You got Jacksonville State and Stephen F. Austin. The Jacksonville State coach. Has accused the Stephen F. Austin coaching staff of spying on their practice, like actually coming to—and you should know this, Jacksonville State's in Alabama. It's not in Florida. Coming to Alabama and spying on their practices, he said they he had to send like this big, you know, gruff assistant coach to kind of throw him out of the uh, building there at the spring game. And so apparently the uh, the lumberjacks of Stephen F. Austin have been doing some Bill Belichick-style espionage on Jacksonville State here. So a little extra juice for that one out of the. Uh, week zero slate Idaho State's UNLV Wyoming's Illinois one of the few games I do like I I like Illinois a lot on center they're a pretty big favorite but this is also Brett Bielema a week zero winner a year ago big offensive line uh, running the football they're about a two touchdown or so favorite at my bookie Uh, but I like Illinois in that spot against Wyoming UConn's at Utah State Logan Utah Taking center stage there. Uh, Utah State's a four touchdown favorite against Yukon. Yukon is terrible. How about Florida State, by the way, playing against Duquesne? <laughs> I mean, it doesn't get much better than Florida State and Duquesne. Uh, Alabama State and Howard. Uh, what else matters? The one that uh, so two games I kind of like. Nevada is at New Mexico State. Uh, ESPN2. The entire world has been on the Aggies here. That line has really moved. New Mexico State is a home underdog to Nevada, but that line has really moved in the Aggies' direction. So, You've heard the phrase before, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The best time to to bet on New Mexico State was at least a week ago. That line has really moved a lot since then. Same thing for Vanderbilt-Hawaii. A lot of movement in the direction of Vanderbilt really over the course of the summer. But you want to get back to kind of old school. Remember the old days when like June Jones, Hawaii, late night uh, action. You got a little bit of a version of that late on Saturday with Vanderbilt playing as a favorite in Hawaii against the Rainbow Warriors, first game ever for former Hawaii quarterback Timmy Chang as head coach. That is more than you ever would want to know about Week Zero. Some of you are like, listen, I'm going to the pool this weekend. I'm not watching this junk. Well, if you are planning on watching week zero games, that's more than you would ever, ever want to know about all of that. We'll make that cruise around the SEC courtesy of Royal Caribbean. By the way, before we get Willie McClendon and speaking of the weekend, one of the things we'd like to do around here is roll into the weekend and style kind of a big finish to our week. So we feel really good about the weekend. And with us, that's the finished long drink who brings that all to you, the uh, big finish. And I want to show you this here today. This is kind of a blast in the past. We're almost one year exactly from when I got caught on the field down in Charlotte a year ago. I was dancing after the Georgia-Clemson game. I was very happy that Georgia won that game against Clemson. you got to understand something. The epicenter of all of this was first game with fans and what felt like forever. I had been going to all those games in 2020 and sitting in an empty stadium uh this was a full stadium this was a big win against clemson i was very happy about all of this and i guess i got a little too happy for watching on video you see this so way back last september our buddy davis uh he's holt hines on twitter sent this to him he says old ba grooving to some garth brooks post dub he says get after it dog nation daily and i was they were playing like friends in low places on the big you know uh speaker system there in the stadium uh, I was dancing around, man. I was having a good time. And I told uh, Holt Hines on Twitter, I said, I didn't think anybody saw that. And so a lot of folks kind of had some fun with that after the fact. Our buddy Orrin Cheely sent something kind of funny to me on this uh, related to that. Let's show Oren here on the uh, screen for a moment. He says that long drink is still undefeated. Yeah, you better believe. That would have been a great time for me to pop open a finished long drink and get a little dancing going. Hopefully you got some of that going on this weekend yourself. A little dancing with friends, having a good time and enjoying yourself some finished long drink, whether that's the cranberry flavor, the, the traditional, which I sort of like, blue can, the 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 grapefruit uh flavor that goes along with the gin kick long drink strong. Honestly, I like that a lot, too, for the obvious reasons. Long drink uh, zero, no carbs, no sugar. Whichever version of the finished long drink you love, you can try some. Check them out online, thelongdrink.com, for a lot more on that. And maybe, who knows, maybe you can be dancing around this weekend like I was back in Charlotte last year when Georgia was beating up on Clemson. Either way, we look forward to a similar celebration coming up next Saturday when Georgia beats Oregon. And, of course, the finished long drink is going to be a big part of all of that. I also found out they're going to be with us at Marlowe's Tavern next week too, which I'm really excited about too, because if the finished long drink is flowing, you know that I am going. And so we're looking forward to being there all next week for all that. And by the way, speaking of the Oregon Ducks, how about the honorary captain for Georgia's game next Saturday against Oregon? It's the great former Georgia running back Willie McClendon. Let's talk to him right now and here on dog nation daily presented by kroger happy to have the terrific former georgia running back and a part a part of a great legacy of the mcclendon family here at uga and one of the honorary captains for the georgia game against oregon next saturday it's willie mcclendon here on the program uh thank you so much for being on our show it is a great pleasure to have you with us here today
2: well brandon thank you and it's my pleasure
0: uh, obviously, it's cool honor to see you as the honorary captain next Saturday against Oregon. You were part of, the, I guess, the only previous matchup in this series between Georgia and the Ducks going back to uh, 1977. What do you remember about that game and uh, a chance to play the Ducks back then, something that we'll get a chance to see Georgia do uh, next Saturday right here in Atlanta?
2: Well, it was uh, what I remember about that game. Earlier in the season, hot, and it was actually my first Official uh, as a starter for UGA, okay, and and obviously I remember winning the game,
0: and that's always very important to bring home the win. And obviously, won't have to worry about too hot of conditions on uh, next Saturday. Just the game being in Mercedes-Benz Stadium, but great to see Georgia get a win then, and looking forward to hopefully getting a win coming up uh, next Saturday there as well. And obviously, game special for you because it's the return of your son Brian McClendon as Georgia's wide receivers coach. I know you must be proud of the uh, coaching career that he's put together. And how much fun is it for you to kind of have him back in Athens again and uh, working for these dogs once again? How happy does that make you?
2: Yeah, well, uh, Brian has uh, always been a very conscientious person about what he wants to accomplish. And uh, I didn't know he wanted to be a uh, college football coach uh, but that's the decision that he made and it's always great to see your your kids uh, make a decision uh, what they want to do as an adult and he has been successful up to this point and just so proud of the young man
0: obviously you have your own coaching career to kind of look back on your former uh, coach there on the UGA staff. When Brian was going into coaching, how much did y'all talk about that? And how much, I guess, did he lean on you for advice about that, knowing that you had traveled a similar path to the one that he's kind of been on?
2: Yeah, we, we, we constantly talk about how, how things change, but eventually they stay the same, especially, uh, for collegiate coaching, where it's all about recruiting, uh, player evaluation, and player development. So that conversation still uh, goes on uh, when he and I talk.
0: And, of course, the McClendon name continues to mean a lot at UGA with your nephew Warren McClendon, one of the starting offensive linemen for Georgia, manning that right side of the offensive line. And he's gone on to a great career thus far and obviously big expectations this year too. And as I said, he's a great representative of your family there too. I know you must be incredibly proud of what Warren has been able to do as a player here for the Dogs. Absolutely.
2: Uh, He's always been a focused kid. He's always been very athletic. And you never know how these things are going to work out, and uh, just watching once again, just watching him grow up as a youngster. And, and it's his, his actually family name is Little Warren, okay. Uh, so <laughs> when he's around family. He's still little Warren.
0: <laughs> it's kind of fun to think about him being little Warren, uh, obviously, yeah, given it how it big is. that he is that's a it's that's it's a great story. Well, we'll let you go on this. Obviously, I'm sure you're like the rest of us. You enjoyed seeing Georgia bring home the national championship last season. You'll be a part of the first game for Georgia kind of as the reigning national champions. How special was that for you and as alumnus of this program to see your alma mater bring home the title last season? Oh,
2: that last season was was, was such a joy and especially the national championship game. And I think I'm, I'm one of... Thousands in this state, as to when the Ringo kid intercepted that pass, yeah, and turned it for a touchdown, uh, hollering so loud and so long, I lost my voice. But once again, I, I think I'm, I'm in a huge category of UGA football fans who
0: fall under that category no question about that and it's going to be fun to see the dogs back at it again next saturday and we're obviously thrilled to know that you're the honorary captain for the game thank you so much for being with us here today congratulations on the great legacy that continues for your family at uga with your son and your nephew it's a real pleasure to have you here on dog nation daily presented by kroger and we'll hopefully look forward to getting the chance to speak to you again very soon how great is that? Willie McClendon, the great former Georgia running back, the father of Georgia's running backs coach, the uncle of Georgia's right tackle, the McClendon legacy, a very significant one there at UGA. And it is really fun to have him as honorary captain. I get into all that kind of stuff, honorary captains and thinking back to history, one previous meeting between Georgia and Oregon. That's all really fun to me. So it was cool to catch up with Willie McClendon there yesterday. I was looking at some of the My Bookie lines for some of those Week Zero games. We had a guy on our video comment section earlier that said he got uh, Vanderbilt at one point in time at minus one as a one-point favorite. They're now up to eight-and-a-half at my bookie right now. And I told you, at one point in time, New Mexico State was like a two-touchdown underdog to Nevada – That's down to like eight and a half now. So a lot of movement on some of these week zero games. Of course, speaking of our friends at MyBookie, your chance to get up and running there with a great, great new account and a great incentive just for signing up, especially for Dog Nation Daily listeners and viewers when you use the promo code Dog Nation. When you do that, you're going to get basically an account double right you put in two hundred dollars they're gonna put four hundred dollars in you know they're gonna double your first deposit right there at my bookie you can place bets any place anywhere anytime on really just about anything including wig zero college football and to be frank some of these games aren't super interesting unless you have a little something down on them so uh i told you i kind of like uh illinois I i liked new mexico state more where it was I liked Hawaii a lot more. I should say I liked Vanderbilt a lot more on a smaller point spread. That kind of moved up here a little bit. But I got some early thoughts there on some of those week zero games. Uh, I think Nebraska Northwestern could be fun with Scott Frost in Ireland and also on the hot seat. So you got thoughts on those early week games. Uh, early week zero games. Go to uh, mybookie.ag for more on that. Use the promo code Dog Nation. Spell the way it's supposed to be: D A W G. Use the promo code Dog Nation. Make your first deposit, and my bookie's going to double that first deposit for you. And then take advantage of all the great. You want props? You want parlays? You want over unders? You want side bets? You want money line? You get to all the action right there with our friends at my bookie. So check it out today. Get your big first deposit in there. Uh, use the promo code Dog and then get that deposit doubled as a special thank you from our friends at my bookie all right golden shoe time here today and this is a great one so we have a great guy that works in our building here big dog fan i love talking to him when i come through each and every day and he sent me a really cool thing and i wanted to make sure you saw it. his name's reggie does a great job how about this man cave for reggie he showed this to me on his phone yesterday isn't this incredible like great work get the track lighting going on there get the chair rail with the red and the black reggie big dog fan works right here in our building i see him every day and it's always fun a lot of you are the same way it's like you kind of bump into these people you talk to them you talk dogs and whatever else a big listener and uh, viewer to the show which i'm very grateful for and i just kind of wanted to shout this out here first of all nice job by our producer michael carvel getting that uh, on the air and uh ready to go love the effect there on that even in his garage he's kind of got that going on too so listen we should all be so lucky to have a nice man cave like that to watch dogs many of you do there too so hope you're getting ready for a fun fall because it's coming up so get that remote control ready to go by the way gator hater updater how about 4,978 days since those lousy sinking gators have won a national championship and our gator hater countdown 64 days from now we're gonna be making ourselves at home in jacksonville beating up on florida again you love to love that And we'll see you back here on Monday, Dog Nation Daily, presented by Kroger.